that what we're celebrating today is that God spared no expense to buy us back out of the hands of the enemy. Come on. Someone paid your ransom so you could be free. It's interesting that, that in, in ancient times, the, the idea of redeeming was often used when it, when it came to, to slavery. And we know what a dreadful and awful thing slavery is. But the idea was that some would actually go ahead and buy a slave to keep that person as a slave for themselves. But sometimes you'd have somebody that, that had the love of God in their heart, had kindness in their heart, that would go ahead and buy a slave. But then once the slave was in their possession, they'd set the slave free. And I want you to know that Jesus, after paying the ultimate price to redeem us, set us free. Yet at the same time, we voluntarily, willingly give ourselves to him and say, Lord, you are our master and we will do what you say to do because we owe our everything in our life to you. Hallelujah. What a beautiful picture that is. Let's check out Psalm 130. What kind of deal do we have here? It says, oh, Israel, hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is mercy and with him is abundant redemption. Right there, you see God's not cheap about this. You, you, you see the word abundant, it's a word that is commonly translated throughout the Old Testament as multiplied or increased. Now, let, let's give a full, uh, a few different translations of, of what this means. The Tree of Life version says that, that with him is full redemption. The, uh, the Message Bible said with God's arrival comes generous redemption. Whoa. The complete Jewish Bible, with him is unlimited redemption. Oh, let it sink in now. Yes, I did say unlimited. We could say amen right now and go home and shout. Woo! Unlimited redemption. New Living Translation. His redemption overflows. Hallelujah. So I'll tell you, this is an amazing deal that was done on our behalf. By the one who loved us and thought we were worth it. Don't ever let anybody tell you you're not valuable because the value of you is determined by the price somebody was willing to pay for you. Come on now. So if anybody ever tells you you're not valuable, (laughs) say, well, you don't know what somebody paid to get me. Come on. So let's go ahead and dig into this. First of all, for you to be redeemed, there had to be a redeemer. And uh, Job chapter 19, he said, for I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. I got to tell you, those words and and anybody that ever heard that song, oh Lord, what a song. But my redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. I tell you, he's already stood on the earth and he's going to be coming again to stand on earth again. In the very same spot that he ascended from, he will descend back to. Hallelujah. And uh, I tell you, he lives. He lives forever. The Bible says about Jesus, he lives forever to make intercession for us. Hallelujah. What a great thing to know that right now, today, July 10th, 2022, on the right hand of the Father, Jesus is there praying for me and you. Whoa, glory to God. I'll tell you, that's a good deal. Amen. Check this out. So we know he lives. 
What else about our Redeemer? Isaiah 44 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. It's interesting that when God was referring to himself as Redeemer, that that he was actually going back and, and, and talking about the origin of things. He's talking about the origin of you. He formed you in the womb. He created all things. Why is God affiliating his redemption with the original uh, creation of things? The reason why is that his goal is in redemption is for us to be fully restored to factory settings. How many of you know about factory settings, you know? Uh, the, the way it was set up, the way it was designed when it left the factory to go to the store before you bought it. Come on now. Factory settings, the, the original intent and how it's supposed to work, how it's supposed to function and how it's supposed to operate. Well, God's goal in redemption was to get you back to factory settings. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'll tell you what, we don't have all of it just yet because some of our redemption is still yet to come. But I got to tell you, you definitely got enough of that redemption to go ahead and take it and run with it right now. Hallelujah. And enjoy the fact that you don't have to be dysfunctional because he didn't make you that way. He made you functional. Hallelujah. You don't have to be a messin' because he didn't make you a mess and he made you to be a blessing. Hallelujah. That's your factory settings. And anybody that try to put a label on you that's opposite the label God already put on you, don't you buy that label or wear that label for the rest of your life? I'm going to preach today. Don't you be wearing a label God didn't give you. Hallelujah. If God... If God called you something, that's who you are. You believe that, you receive that, you walk like it, talk like it, look in the mirror and say, that's who I am. Come on now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This Redeemer, he's, he's the husband of the widow. Come on, somebody. He pleads the cause of the fatherless. There's one verse where it says he thoroughly pleads the cause of his people. The scripture also says that he's a helper, that, that he's got mercy on us with everlasting kindness, that he's a savior, he's a father. If you just look through all the word of God and check out Redeemer, 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 and all the things that, that, that is affiliated with that word, what the Redeemer says about himself, woo, you say, I got me a good deal here, praise the Lord. One thing you can realize about the Redeemer is he's here to set you up on planet earth with what you need, not just for the... Uh, not just what you need when you go to heaven, but what you need right here on earth. Aren't you glad about that? Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, come on now. Come on now. That, that God's intention for you is to go ahead and do things right in his sight, do things honest in his sight, and even by doing right and honest without cutting corners and cheating anybody, you got extra in your pocket at the end of the day than you did at the start because he's the God who teaches you to profit. Hallelujah. And he'll lead you in the way you should go. Oh, we all need guidance. We all need to know which way to go, decisions to make, uh, uh, you know, uh, things that are going on, how to do this, how to do that, when to do it, when not to do it, what to say, what not to say. Guidance. He will lead you by the way you should go. Someone say, that's my redeemer. Now, how about this? This is 
uh, the, the words of uh, uh, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, out of Luke 168, where he says, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. This is the ultimate. When you're taking a look at the, the, the Redeemer, you need to realize that the Redeemer did, didn't go ahead and trust the job to somebody else. The Redeemer actually visited us and did the job himself. I mean, this job was so important. It, there was no angel that took the job. No other representative of heaven that took the job. It was the Redeemer himself who came to make sure, to make sure the job got done right. Hallelujah. And he did visit us. You remember, his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. He truly did visit us. You remember that the word became flesh. He truly did visit us. And when he visited us, he truly did redeem us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, what about the one being redeemed? Whoa, he's the redeemer. We're the one being redeemed. What can we know about that? Revelation 5 verse 9 says this. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals for you are slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Let me tell you about the redeemed. We come in all varieties. Hey, we come from every land. We're, we're people of every language, every tribe, every skin tone. Glory to God. Uh, uh, every, uh, whether you got a, a big dose of melanin or a little dose of melanin, you are the redeemed. Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. And I got to tell you this, uh, uh, the, the, the fact that, 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 that heaven is going to look that way tells us a little something about God's original intention for us. Hallelujah. That, that, that God's intention is, is the, the beauty of all people from every place and from, from every tribe. And those who speak every language should be gathered before the throne, praising and worshiping him and realizing that they're redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. How about this? Talking about the ones being redeemed. We know they're coming from everywhere, but how about Isaiah chapter 62? Starting with 11, it says, Indeed, the Lord is proclaimed to the end of the world. Say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Now look at those terms. The, the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out in a city not forsaken. So all this is having to do with the redeemed of the Lord, obviously. But a holy people, think about that. Holy meaning uh, sanctified. And a sanct the word sanctified means set apart. You are set apart from something to something. From someone to someone. Hallelujah. And, and so a saint, as we commonly use the term, is a sanctified one. A saint is someone who got set apart. So, so, you know, what we think, you know, especially in our region, a, a lot of the thinking about saints is, you know, that they were just going along, you know, living their happy life with God one day. And then somebody came with the stained glass camera, you know, and then, you know, got all serious looking, you know, maybe posed like this or something, you know. And the, the stained glass cameraman <laughs> took the picture and then they went back to normal life. So, so our, our idea of being a saint is kind of spooky so in, 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 in some traditions. 
But I got to tell you, being a saint just means you are set apart. You're set apart from the kingdom of darkness and set apart to the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. You're set apart for him. You're his and he ain't sharing you. Hallelujah. So you're a holy people. You're sought out. You you know what I got to tell you? Some people for a long time have felt left out. But no, you're not left out. You're sought out. Hallelujah. He sought you. you. You know, I just remember the words of the old hymn, Victory in Jesus. It says, he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. Come on. Woo. Someone was filled with the Holy Ghost when they wrote those lyrics. Now, and a city not forsaken. This is what God's saying about you, the one being redeemed, that, that you are a holy people, that, that you are sought out, not left out, and that you are not forsaken. So anybody ever telling you you're being forsaken, you're being forgot about, you remember the word of the Lord to you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the, the amplified classic of that in the book of Hebrews says, never, I will never, I will never extra emphasis there where God's repeating himself to make sure we get the point. Ain't no chance of you being forsaken. Hallelujah. Oh my glory to God. You know, we're going to go ahead and skip over Galatians four right now, but, but, uh, I want to go ahead and check something else out here. Uh, I want to go ahead and look at the, the one out of whose hand we've been redeemed. So we got the redeemer, the one being redeemed. Now let's check out this guy that we've been redeemed from his hand. Psalm 106 in verse 10 says he saved them from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Now think about this. Know this about Satan, that Satan is your enemy and he hates you. Satan is your enemy and he hates you. This guy that we've been redeemed from, yep, the, absolutely. He, he, he hates you. He would have rather kept you right there in the same bondage you were in all those years. He's your enemy to this day. He's going to keep on fighting against you. But know this, that Satan's actions toward you are motivated by his hate for you, even to this day. So if you got that, that little something whispering in your ear, say, why don't you do this or try this or go here or go there? You know, yeah, he's not trying to do you any favors. He's not trying to, trying to do you anything that's good for you. His whole motivation of any of his actions toward you are motivated by his hate for you. In the same way, your father, all of his actions toward you are motivated by his love for you. So I'm going to tell you today, don't trust the one who hates your guts and wants to go ahead and hurt you. Trust the one who loves you and wants to look out for you. Come on now. Hallelujah. You're redeemed from the enemy. You're redeemed from the hand of the one who hates you. How about Colossians 1, 13 through 14, that you've been redeemed from the one who holds the power of darkness, that, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So think about this, that, that we've been delivered from the power of darkness. You've been delivered from the, the one who, who holds that power in his hand. You've been delivered from the one that 2 Corinthians 4, 4 calls the God of this world who, and his goal and his intent is to blind the minds of those that believe not so that the light of the gospel would not shine through to them. That's his goal. He's looking to blind you. He's looking to 
to, to, to keep you from being able to see the light. And he's called the God of this world. Little G, not big G. Just saying now, you know. But uh, I, I want you to realize this, that, that when you do get translated out of his kingdom, out of the, the kingdom of the one who's looking to keep you down and the kingdom of the one who's looking to keep you from seeing the light and you come into this kingdom of light and the kingdom of the son of his love, whoo, say, hey, God of this world, I'm seeing a whole new world right now. You might even want to sing a whole new world. Come on now. I mean. You got a new fantastic point of view right there because you're seeing things like you've never seen them before because you couldn't see before. You were blind before, but now you say, I once was blind and now I see. I can see things. The eyes of my understanding are now enlightened so that I can see the wonderful things in the word. I can see the hope of my calling. I can see the, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I can see Everything I need to see now. You know why? Because now you are no longer under the kingdom of the, the, the power of darkness. The one who would look to blind you. But no, you actually became the one who, who, who is now the binder of the blinder. <laughs> you're now exercising your authority and dominion over him. And you're dwelling in light. And you're walking in light. And you're seeing. And you're seeing clearly. Glory be to God. Because now you've been redeemed into a different kingdom. Amen. The price of our redemption. Lord knows it costs something. It costs something big. You got to realize that, that this was a, a transaction that took place. That this was a legal purchase, a legal transaction that took place for the Lord to buy us back, for the Lord to redeem us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought at a price. And now... You belong to him. Therefore, willingly, like we talked about before, willingly and out of your heart, you're looking to glorify God in your spirit and in your body. Amen. Amen. But you see that he purchased you. You see that you were bought at a price. The scripture talks about that in multiple places. That you bought at a price. When one point second Peter talks about the Lord who bought them. So this absolutely happened. What was the price? Well, Titus said it was the price of himself. Titus 2 and 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us. If you just see that for now, that's fine. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us. This price was himself. He gave himself to redeem us. We see further as we look that the price that was paid was the price of his own blood and that was the the means whereby we were redeemed or purchased acts chapter 20 paul said therefore take heed to yourselves verse 28 and all the flock among which the holy spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of god which he purchased with his own blood hallelujah he purchased us with his own blood. 
There are several places in the New Testament that just echo that sentiment that we have redemption through his blood. Uh, in Ephesians it does, in Colossians it does. First Peter 1, if you take a look at that, starting with verse 18, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with, what were you redeemed with? With the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I got to tell you, one of the biggest things that we've got going for us as believers is the blood of the lamb. Because there's no getting redeemed without it. And now that you are redeemed, it's one of the biggest weapons you've got. I got to tell you, the devil's scared out of his wits when it comes to the blood. Because here's the thing. Uh, you, you, you hear about people talk about force fields and stuff like that. This is stronger than any kind of force field. I mean, this is stronger than living in any bubble you can live in. Hallelujah. This, this blood is a, is a, a source that, that nothing can cross. Uh, nothing can cross the blood of the cross. Come on now. I mean, it's the very idea of what happened on that night, that, that first night of Passover, when, when the death angel was passing through Egypt and God gave clear instructions on putting the blood on the doorpost of the house. Oh, yeah. And said, well, wherever that death angel goes, if he sees blood on that doorpost, he's not visiting that house. I got to tell you, you got to be big on the blood of Jesus. Not just, not just the fact that, that, that you are, 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 I'm saved now and I'm saved by the blood or, or, or when I make a mistake and I, uh, I'm getting cleansed by the blood or, uh, but, but to understand that the blood of Jesus is absolutely related to every part of your life and every part of your redemption. Anything Jesus redeemed you from, you got that by the blood. So be big on the blood, major on the blood. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. Can, can I tell you something? You don't have to wait until we have communion at church for you to have communion. You don't have to be a reverend or a right reverend or wear a white collar or anything. You can just be a believer in Jesus. They go ahead and get your bread and get your juice Open your Bible and say, Lord, I want to go ahead and honor you and honor your table. And you realize that the Bible does not say as infrequent as you do this. It said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, signifying the believers should do it often. So that's just a little extra, a little extra just for you. Praise the Lord. That doesn't mean we're, we're not doing communion in church. It just means you don't have to wait for that. Amen. Now, what have we been redeemed from? We see the Redeemer. We see that we're the ones being redeemed. We see uh, that old loser, that one out of whose hand we've been redeemed. And we see the price of our redemption. But, but what are we redeemed from? You know... Um, it's interesting, David mentioned it in one place in 1 Kings that the, the Lord redeemed his life from every distress. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
And it's not that you're not going through stuff, and it's not that you don't have tough times and challenges, but, but, but it's kind of like what Paul said. He talked about all the things that he had dealt with in his life in 2 Timothy 4, and he said, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Think about the, this word and talk about what we've been redeemed from. Psalm 103 in verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction? who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. How many of you believe that that's part of your deal? That's part of your covenant with God. That's part of what's available to you through the blood of the Lamb, through your redemption. That, that, that's, that, that These are part of the terms. He redeemed you. You're now in his kingdom, and this is what you get. You are redeemed from destruction. How about this? Titus 2.14, we were just there a minute ago. We'll read a little further. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Are there some lawless deeds that you've allowed in your life that have gotten a hold of you, that, 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 that have gotten the best of you, and, and you are done with those lawless deeds? And you want to put an end to those lawless deeds I tell you, there's redemption available for you. Jesus came to redeem you from every lawless deed, from everything that, that you could ever do that is contrary to his heart, contrary to, to his desire for you, contrary to the law of God, to the law of love, to the law of faith. Hallelujah. And oh, what an opportunity we have today to go ahead and take him up on the deal that's been provided for us. Look at the terms in the contract and see that now that we're redeemed, what does that mean for us? And you see, I've been redeemed from every lawless deeds. So there might be some lawless deeds that have had you in bondage. Some things that you've gotten yourself involved with that might have tied you up, tangled you up, and you're finding it hard to get out of. But I want you to know that Jesus has come to redeem you from every lawless deeds where you don't need to be tied up and tangled up in anything. You don't need to be tied up and tangled up in any kind of addiction, whether to illegal drugs or legal drugs, whether to pornography or, or, or smoking or vaping or, 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 or that, that wacky weed that smells so bad and you just smell it everywhere these days. Lord, have mercy. You don't have to be a prisoner to anything. Jesus came to redeem you from every lawless deed. Hallelujah. And you know what? You can't talk about what you've been redeemed from without visiting Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 that says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What are we redeemed from here? Well, we see that there were redeemed from the curse of the law and involved in that uh, are, are three primary things. You can see that the curse of the law includes uh, spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. And if you want a good tutorial on the, uh, the curse of the law, just go to Deuteronomy 28. You'll get a whole lot of detail right there because it gives you a very big list of the way it is as far as the curse of the law is concerned. Now... The, uh, being redeemed from spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. When it comes to spiritual death, that, that means your uh, spiritual death, what that is, the, 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 the correct definition of that term 
as it's describing you being separated from God. It's not that your, your spirit is like non-existent because everybody's spirit is existent. Everybody's ex- spirit will exist forever. You either exist in uh, one location or another, but your spirit exists forever. But spiritual death is not a spirit that ceases to exist. Spiritual death is a state of a spirit being separated from God. And you see, that's the problem that came upon mankind in the Garden of Eden. Death, spiritual death, passed upon all men because all of sin. It started with Adam and it just went and went and went from there. Affected and impacted the whole human race. Glory to God. Thank God there's a solution. Thank God that that's not the last chapter of the story there. Because if it was, we'd be in a sad shape and lost and hopeless. But thank God that there was a redeemer, somebody who saw the opportunity to go ahead. And as I said before, get us restored back to factory uh, settings. Hallelujah. Somebody who, who, who knew what, what, what needed to be done. Right from the very start, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall took place, there was already, already there, not that God had an idea, because God don't have ideas. When you know it all, you don't have ideas. Something doesn't dawn on you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but God immediately spoke what his plan was when he said that, there, that I will put enmity between uh, uh, the, uh, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And the seed of the woman being a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, who happened to be born of a virgin. Hey, now, did you make that connection? Come on. The seed of a woman, you know, you think, well, wait a minute. I know how this works. Women don't have the seed. Men have the seed. Well, you see, that's part of the strategy of God. Hallelujah. That God was going to go ahead and bring the Redeemer in here by a virgin birth. By a means whereby he would not be infected with the same infection that everybody else was infected with. Because if he was infected with the same infection, he couldn't do the job he needed to do. Glory to God. So God so strategically had it all set up where he could come and visit us like we saw before and redeem us. And what he did, what did he do about spiritual death? There was a separation between us and God. That's what spiritual death is. Well, Jesus, he bridged the gap between us and God. There was only one person who could do that. They, they had to have some qualifications. They had to be God and they had to be man. They had to be able to touch God on, on, on one hand because he's God and, and touch fallen man on the other hand because he's man. But by being the God man, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is able to make that connection and be the bridge between fallen man and God. He's the mediator. He's the mediator. He's the go-between. He's the bridge. Hallelujah. Therefore, spiritual death is no longer an issue. Separation from God is no longer an issue because Jesus came to bridge the gap, somebody. Hallelujah. Now, how about sickness? When we're redeemed from the curse of the law, we're redeemed from sickness as well. Well, I got to tell you, you read through Deuteronomy 28, and, and the, the sickness is described in there. He said, man, that's some scary stuff. And what it is, it's the result of 
uh, disobedience. It, it's the, 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 the result of what happens for people who disobey the law of God. So it's, it's a list of blessings and curses if you look through the chapter. And, and the, the curse for disobeying the law included a whole boatload of sickness. And if, if yours didn't happen to be mentioned in there, and, it said, and also every other sickness that's not mentioned here, those two. Christ redeemed you from every one of those. Glory to God. So don't just get stuck in a mode of settling. Well, it's that time of year again, and this always happens this time of year, and that time of year is going on again, so here we go. You just get stuck in that and settle for that. Well, I got to tell you, I'm done with settling. Glory to God. If I see that something's mine, I want what's mine. And if health belongs to you, go ahead and get what belongs to you. Because God's not just made provision for the world to come. God's made provision for the world right here by taking care of your health and also redeeming you from the curse of poverty as well. Because right there in Deuteronomy 28, you see a whole lot of not having enough. You see, instead of being the head, you're the tail. Instead of being above, you're beneath. Instead of having plenty, you got lack. I mean, it's just bad stuff. But I got to tell you, when you get a hold of the blessing of the Lord and realize that you're redeemed from the curse of the law and the curse of not not being uh, strong enough and healthy enough and not having enough to meet your needs, glory to God, you ain't scared of gas prices no more. I mean, you know, you get a little cocky attitude and go by the gas station and say, want a piece of me? I, you know, you say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I, I'm not going to go ahead and go up and down and up and down. And, and, and uh, you know, and, uh, stock market had a good day. I had a good day. Stock market's down a thousand. Oh Lord, come on now. See, we're done with that. When you realize that you're redeemed from the curse of the law, you see things differently. You do things differently. You talk differently. You act differently. Woo. Hallelujah. And so by, by, by we're talking about what we're redeemed from, we're also talking about what we're redeemed to. We're redeemed to the blessing of Abraham. Glory to God. The blessing of Abraham. You, you, you know that Abraham didn't have no lack of stuff. The, the Bible describes Abraham as being a, a rich man, a man who had plenty. The Bible describes Abraham uh, as, a, as a man through whom God blessed the whole earth because through his seed, not seeds, plural, but through his seed, singular, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the blessings that we got today came because of the, uh, the, that first initial step of the faith of our father Abraham who made a covenant with Almighty God. And God said, oh, you willing to give your son? I'm willing to give mine. Come on now. There's a great, great debt of gratitude to Father Abraham because God was able through him to be able to set up the plan that ultimately took place through Jesus. Hallelujah. And we've got his blessing. So whatever the curse is, the blessing is the curse in reverse. You know, if you ever read 1 Corinthians 11 talking about the, the Lord's table and that those who would partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy way, that, that they would be weak. And, and sickly, and that many sleep or would die prematurely. Well, what's the reverse of that? that? That's what happens if you did not 
partake of the Lord's table in a worthy manner. What, what happens when you do partake of the Lord's table in a worthy manner? You reverse the curse. Instead of being weak, you're strong. Instead of being sick, you're healthy. And instead of dying early, you're living out your full time on the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what? Let's go ahead and uh, jump over. Um, uh, I'll tell you where to go in a minute. But one thing I want to say real quick is that there, there is a redemption future. There, there, there is a certain amount of your redemption that is still out there to be had. Because it's kind of like this. You know, if you, if you look at your spirit, soul, and body as, uh, as though you went to the store and you bought a, a washer, a dryer, and an oven from the same store. And, and the, the, the washer's already at the house. The dryer's in the truck on the way there. And the oven, it's yours. You got the receipt for it, but it's still at the store. Because you bring one thing home at a time. So think about that, you know, that, that, uh, that I've got one that's already at the house, one that's already coming, uh, already kind of halfway to the house, it's in progress, and one that I'm going to go and pick up, but I do have the receipt. I know I got it. It's paid for so your, your spirit, that's a done deal. Your mind in progress, your, your soul or your mind is in progress, it's being renewed, and your body, you, you, you know, you don't have the full deal yet because we still live in mortal bodies, but the thank God we've got this deal that Romans eight eleven says the spirit that raised Christ from the dead can quicken your mortal body. So even though you still live in a mortal body, that you can get quickened, you can get made alive, you can get uh, rejuvenated here in this life and have a little taste of your full redemption. Glory to God. But the full redemption, when that comes, that's the day when you say, oh, oh, death. Where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? You know, we just had a, a few funerals in, in the, uh, the last week and a half here. But I got to tell you, you know, uh, your, your, your uh, perspective even changes at the way you look at physical death when you get a hold of some of this. Now, now, for somebody who's lost, that's a whole different story. Don't die lost. And our goal is to go ahead and spread the good news and take as many people with us as we can. We don't want to go to heaven empty. We want to go to heaven with lots of people coming with us. But I got death. Death for the believer? You know, uh, I I pray that the Lord help us to see things as they really are. Because you see, we see it on this side. And we see it as, I'm going to miss that person. They're not going to be with me anymore. And we're seeing such a small sliver of the pie. Oh, I tell you, there, there's just something I pray that the Lord, for, for me and for all of us, I pray that we see things as he sees them. I pray we see things as he sees them. Because that will be such a source of comfort. That will be such a source of help for all of us when we realize this small sliver of the pie compared to the eternity. Whoa. You say, well, that don't do a whole lot for me right now. Well, keep on meditating on it. It will. Glory to God. It will. It'll get you excited about the day to come. It'll get you excited about doing everything you can right here in this earth to finish your race, to finish it strong, to do everything God's put in your heart to do so that when the day comes that you stand before him, you can say, Lord, I've done it all. I've, 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 I've given you my all. And you can hear the words that you long to hear well done, and you can be reunited 
with people that you've missed down here, missed very much down here, but they are very much alive. There is a, more alive now than they've ever been. Glory to God. So may God give us his perspective on what death is like for a saint. So there is redemption future. There's a whole lot you got right now. There's some things that haven't happened yet. You know, the, the, the scripture says the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. But, but I'll tell you, that day's coming. We look forward to that day. Amen. What I want to do, I want to go to uh, Psalm 107. You can put it up in just a minute. That, that we'll, we'll pick up there. But, but the question I want to close out with today is what should you do with your redemption now? Well, I got it. What do I do with it? What does it mean to me now? And I got to tell you, I think we're going to leave happy today. Psalm 107 verse 2. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So if you want to know what to do with your redemption now, confess that you're redeemed and confess what you're redeemed from. Glory to God. Say something about it. Don't be silent about it. God says, say so. Say who you are. Say that you're redeemed. Say what you're redeemed from. Talk about it. Open your mouth. Use your voice. Glory to God. What else does he say? Psalm 71, 23. He said, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul which you have redeemed. Think about this. You're redeemed. You should have some, some singing lips, some rejoicing lips. Hallelujah. You should be saying something about your redemption. You should be singing something about your redemption. You should be rejoicing about your redemption, which means you believe that all the terms in there are true. You don't believe that God wrote something good and they said, April Fools are just kidding. No, no. You, you know that everything that God said that are the terms of what belongs to you as a result of this transaction, as a result of him buying you out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing you into his kingdom, that those terms are true. Therefore, you got something to talk about, something to sing about, something to get happy about. Hallelujah. Because it's all true. And it's all true about you. You know, the devil likes to say, oh, yeah, that's true. But that's true for the other person on the other side of the church with all the highlights in their Bible because they're more holy and spiritual than you are. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that line before? Hey, let's go ahead and clear the air. The devil says that to everybody. All right. So so we just put it out there right now. The devil says that to everybody. So the next time you hear that, you know who's talking to you. All right. And he's a big liar. Like I like to say, if he was a Cajun, they'd call him a jumbo liar. Come on. <laughs> now, Exodus 15. This is where I want to go. And, and uh, let's go back to verse 11, if I can, because I want to go ahead and read a, a, a whole passage here. I don't know if uh, you got that note, Gene, but I want to read 11 through 16 of Exodus 15. And I want to set this up so you all know what this is. This is... Uh, uh, part of the, the song that, that Miriam was singing. Once, once the Israelites passed through the Red Sea, they had the Passover feast there in Egypt and started heading out. 
and then looked and there were Egyptians in the rearview mirror. But, 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 you know, uh, God showed up and, and, and spoke to Moses. Moses reached out the rod of God over the sea and the waters parted and, and Israel passed over to the other side. And then this is part of the celebration. This was part of the song of celebration after that took place. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You and your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them by the greatness of your arm. They will be as still as a stone till your people Pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. Leave that verse up there. Just leave it right there. I want you to know today as we're closing that this is what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that because we've been purchased, that we can go ahead and pass over into some things. Hallelujah. Just like there was a feast called the Passover. And right after that, they went and passed over from uh, 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 one side of the Red Sea to the other and left the Egyptians behind them. And then when they went through the wilderness, the, the people of Israel, once they went through the wilderness and got to the Jordan River with, with the uh, promised land on the other side, they passed over once again and went into the promised land. Passing over. Passing over. And I got to tell you, this is a word for those whom he has purchased. Passing over. So there might be some aspects of your redemption that you've not gone ahead and really taken advantage of yet. Some things that are yours in writing, but you say, I, I've got it in writing, but I've not, I've not been enjoying it in my life yet. Well, this is your day for passing over. Glory to God. And I want you to go ahead and get a hold of that. Believe that today. We've been purchased so we can pass over. Hallelujah. Just like uh, uh, the, the Israelites... And, you know, one thing that God put in the Old Testament is pictures for us. Pictures for us uh, on whom the ends of the world will come. Things for us to see that, that, that were written for us, for our admonition, to teach us a lesson. Well, glory to God. We want to go ahead and pass over. Pass over into our full redemption. Pass over into all the good things God's got for you. Pass over and not hold anything back because nothing's being held back from you. Go ahead and take what's yours. Like the prophet Obadiah said, possess your possession. Pass over into some things today. Glory to God. Things that are yours in Christ. Things that are yours because of redemption. And now, where were the, uh, the, the Israelites, they were slaves. But they went from being slaves to free. They were at one time wilderness warriors, but they went from being wilderness war, uh, wanderers to winning warriors. Days of wandering in the wilderness are done now. 
Time to be a winning warrior. Time to go into the promised land and get all that God has redeemed you into. Everything that belongs to you. Can the church say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray today. Father, we honor you. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord, for touching the hearts of all those that, that are in our audience today. Those here, those by live stream. Thank you, Lord, for speaking and ministering to hearts today. First thing I want to do is if you...